What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? What's up? And I'm in the studio. We are in the studio with Rachel. What's up, Rachel? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> She's with us again, man. Oh, you are killing me, Rosie. You're, you're <laughs> before we hit record, uh, do we want to tell this? Do you want to tell the story? Sure. All right. I'll so, say it real quick. So, But it, it relates to the yeah. private podcast. So yeah. I did my testimony on the last private podcast. Right. And there was a story about a guy who acted like a lion and ran down the middle of the aisle and roared. And that was like my my sign of like, I got to get out of this church because it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't spiritually healthy. <laughs> right. And uh, so if anyone listened to that story, I said there was... I remember that when you were preaching, when you were a pastor at a church, that I remember there was a guy who was doing backflips. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, no way, there's no way that would happen. And I said, oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who it was because you'll know who it was afterwards. Yeah. And I forgot. So then just now before we were recording, I was telling the story and. I remembered his name. You remembered it. Yes. As you were describing him, I remember who You don't was. remember the incident. No. And all for the sake of, I, I don't remember you being there, but you had said sometimes you come down, so it might have been Yeah, a lot of times I was in my in office. Worship, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this guy, who you know and is more charismatic for sure. Oh, yeah. And is a professional dancer, backup yes. dancer. Um, so this guy brought like two or three of his friends this one time, and there was like almost... I don't know if it was choreographed, Rachel said <laughs> it might have been choreographed. It might have been, but these guys were out, like, they had to have been also backup dancers or s- gymnasts or something, but I just remember, <laughs> I remember sitting, in, like, I always was in the back row, kind of by the door, to, like, make sure, you know, nothing yeah. came in. You were, like, a bouncer? Like, kind of, like, um, but there was one time in the middle of the worship that these guys were just breaking down you know like just going crazy like in a good way i'm not ju- i'm not judging but one of the guys like mid-dance turned around looked at one of the other guys and they like you know split second like they knew what they were going to do without saying it and the other guy the guy that was in the corner who looked at the guy in the middle just started running <laughs> and did one of those like step up flips you know where the other guy gets on kind of his knees puts his hands down in between like his body lifts the guy's foot and flips him in the air and the guy did like two backflips and then they just started going <laughs> like straight back into it didn't miss a beat we're just dancing all over the place and uh i said so I what did the worship team do i know that's what i'm wondering well, they didn't stop no <laughs> do you remember who was leading worship I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I yeah. definitely was not in there. I, if I would have seen someone flipping around in the front, <laughs> I, I would have been like, yo, bro, first of all, it's not safe. Second of all, you're going to hurt somebody. Third of all, it is not orderly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I said, and then I, I told you, if I, I was waiting for one of them to just start doing the worm, <laughs> I would have I left that chart. I would have never came back if I saw the guy just do, that's enough for me. I'm just gone. <laughs> I would have never he came just back. just falls to the ground and just worms across <laughs> the front of the, <laughs> front of the All chapel. the way across. You know, the more I'm thinking about it, I don't know that he didn't do it. <laughs> you just see people moving out of the way. It's, 
<laughs> like oh in uh, like in the Step Up movies where they just like crowd. And yeah. <laughs> like in the center of the room, everyone's throwing the chairs out of the way, letting them go. And it would get crowded in that chapel too. It would, man. yeah. Because it would only hold like I don't know, two hundred people or something like that. Yeah, we wanted to bring in extra chairs. Yeah, it was full. So to be doing flips up in the front, man. <laughs> Oh. Anyways, I'm not a liar. You're not a liar. You're not a liar. I just never saw it. So, uh, all right, man. What do you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, one of those th- they found a uh, recently a couple months ago a 3,200 year old Egyptian tablet that shows that they took attendance at work and they recorded absences. <laughs> <laughs> on the pyramids? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, not on the pyramids, but uh, let's see. It says a uh, tablet held by the British Museum dating back to 1250 BCE. Oh, they caught me. BC. BC. Not BCE. Yeah. Uh, is an incredible window into ancient work-life balance. <laughs> the 40 employees listed are marked for each day they missed with reasons ranging from illness to family obligations. So I just want to read a couple of the uh, <clears throat> reasons that people... I think that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, what do you um, mean? So it says, on month four of winter, day 24, a worker named Penub missed work because his mother was ill. Other employees were absent due to their own illnesses. Uh, one guy named Hoynifer <laughs> was frequently, quote, suffering with his eye. Seba was bit by a scorpion. <laughs> And several employees also had to take off, take time off to embalm and wrap their deceased relatives. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, man. It's, I'm on. I'm a I, mummy leave. Yeah, mummy. Leave. <laughs> Instead of maternity leave, <laughs> yeah. mummy leave. Uh, okay, here's another one. This is, these are some good ones, uh, and they do get a little non-PC. Okay. But, All right. Um, some reasons may seem strange to modern ears. Quote, brewing beer is a common excuse. <laughs> beer was a daily fortifying drink in Egypt and was even associated with gods such as Hathor. As such, brewing beer was a very important activity. Fetching stones or helping the scribe, uh, helping the scribe also took time in the workers' lives. Another reason is, here you go, quote, wife or daughter bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> so I know a, what that means. Man. Yeah, it yeah. says this is a re- re- reference to menstruation. Clearly, this is kind of cool, though. Clearly, men were needed on the home front to pick up some slack during this time. So oh. the Dude, men. Would... I, I appreciate that. I think we should bring that back. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Egyptians so, are progressive. They were super progressive. So, um, I wrote so some go. of these down for my boss. Um, scorpion bite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mummify mother. No, <laughs> and wife stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. Uh, uh, anyways, that's that's a good. Did you know? I yeah. like that one. It's just crazy to think about that. You know, these slave labor would actually have to report in and do an attendance. And yeah, then, I know. do like that they actually wrote the reasons. Yeah. It's not like they missed, but they wanted to make sure. Right. And Hennub or whatever the guy's yeah, name is. Yeah, they're like, Hennub, um, we, we need to see you in the front office for a minute. You know, this is the fourth the time. The front tent. The front tent. This is the fourth time this month that you have, uh, you know, this is the fourth time this Ra that you have uh, that you have called in sick because of a scorpion. <laughs> you need to stop playing with your scorpion. Yeah. I think you need to uh, put some netting up or something. Yeah. 
Anyways, okay, cool. That's awesome. Well, we have a good episode today, tonight, and uh, so, like I always say, sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. All right. We have a pretty cool series that we're starting right now. Rosie's going to get into that in a second. But this actual episode came about um, based on a listener that reached out to us uh, via social media. And um, they had mentioned this this topic to us, and I had never heard of it. Mm-hmm. So it took me um, – I had to start doing some research to look into it and everything. And so I think it was back in June sometime when they reached out. But – Unfortunately, this person that reached out to us said that they had some friends that have, or a friend that had um, basically turned to um, this New Age occult um, practice and uh, had really turned away from Christ. And so they wanted to know if we would be willing to share about it. And, you know, the more I read into it, there's a couple thoughts I have on it, which I'm going to share in a few minutes. But the topic is um, the Christ letters. And um, it's obviously a new age and um, and occult, very bad. And I think you pinned it perfectly when you said it's a doctrine of demons. So um, I'm gonna just throw it right over to you, Rosie, to get us started oh, okay. on some background, some stuff that you, some research you had. Sure. So I guess uh, first of all, we that that name just I'm not very good with coming up with names, but it seemed very fitting for. This is so. This is hopefully going to be the first episode in a series that we're calling "Doctrines of Demons," and my thoughts with the series is that we're going to um, take a look at so the Christ letters, obviously letters written. Um, so we're going to look at different channeled um, <clears throat> letters that came through by channeling. And we've touched on channeling before, which is um, when we talked about the Enneagram, I think we talked a lot about that, where uh, so channeling is just where a person goes into an altered state of consciousness and they channel or bring, they become kind of an open vessel, a channel for then a spirit that is not their own to come in and do automatic writing is like when they write stuff, um, Sometimes they'll go into trances, and we'll see this with some other uh, kind of writings that we'll talk about is some of them will do, like, automatic writing, and the person, you know, again, we talked about this, but we'll just start going and writing words that they claim they don't know what they're meaning behind them after they come out of the trance. They don't remember writing it. They don't know where it came from. It's from this other entity that came and uh, took over my body. Mm -hmm. Then there's other ones that came up. Um, like in the 1800s and in the early 1900s, it was really big when you hear about all these like seance parties. Yeah. Um, and a lot of channeling came through that. And also during that time, there was other people who would write down what the person who was channeling a spirit would say. Mm-hmm. So 
you would have like if you started channeling someone and you just started speaking like I am blah 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 the ghost of something something whatever you know here's some words I would sit there write them down act as a scribe act as a scribe exactly yeah. that was um, what um, that was what uh, Joseph Smith had he had a scribe right that would you know he would just go into some kind of yeah trance. exactly so there's the use of another person right so both of those kind of ways we just channeled writings is what I think we can talk just kind of sum it up with writings that come through a demon. It's because they're not being possessed by the actual person that comes and says it. Or the Holy Especially Spirit. not Christ, like <laughs> with this letter. Yeah. Um, and more often than not, as we go through all these different ones, the we're going to do, you know, a couple different um, books or writing or teaching or whatever. And they all have, I don't want to give anything away, but they're all very similar when you get down to it, yeah. but at the same time, they're all very different. Um, and so it's kind of interesting, you know, maybe to kind of give away the plot at the, at the beginning of the movie is it's all kind of new agey BS. And <laughs> it's probably because they're all demons and they have the same, like the demons all have the same religion right. or set of values. So they're going to get those, points across in different ways through different means but that's why everything that sounds the same that's that's why all ufo cults that come down or ufos they all preach some weird utopian communism thing and no belief in god right demons it's right. the same thing yeah um i have a clip from john MacArthur. yeah should i play that real quick yeah. it's literally like yeah. ten, 10 seconds but sometimes demons even inspire people to write books in fact some books today are written by demons. You may have read one. It's everywhere. You can talk about the old things like the sixth and seventh books of Moses with all the weird incantations. But demons communicate. And they get their point across through godless people, sometimes in a trance, sometimes they just mess their minds up. But demons communicate. I love that. Yeah. And I was going to caught myself there. <laughs> um... <laughs> What's funny, I was talking about this. So that video, it comes from like some little, you know, one of these YouTube clip channels of like, you know, epic sermons or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. Just so happened to pop into my YouTube feed today. <clears throat> I've never looked up anything, any of the research for what we're about to talk about. And uh, wow. so Google must have known that I was Googling stuff about this because there was a whole bunch of stuff about uh, channeled or like heretic writings and stuff like mm -hmm. that in my yeah. YouTube feed. So uh, Man, another yeah. one of those things that was just really funny that somehow through all the demon stuff that they were trying to promote, they sent me some John MacArthur. They sent you some old Johnny Mac, yeah. you know. I don't agree with everything on Johnny, but he does preach the truth. I will say that. So um, one of the things that I was going to say too about this is that um, when I was reading through – I studied mostly the first letter, I'll say that, um, but there are um, apparently um, when you, <clears throat> let me just pull this up real quick, I have a table of contents on this thing and I just want to look at the letters for just a second. Apparently there's um, one, two, let's see, six, it looks like nine letters total. And then there are these articles that Christ apparently gave basically, um, and they're kind of like how to live kind of like um, your best life now type of stuff. And then there's also Christ gives messages 
for the year. And so, for instance, he gives uh, October of October twentieth of two thousand seven. He has a message, uh, and uh, and then two thousand ten he has another message, and then the last message that is recorded on here is two thousand and fourteen, where he gives a higher vision, is what he titles that message. But um, so out of these nine letters that are that are given in these other articles and these messages to the you know, that Christ gives to the nations or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's interesting to me because one of the things that we have been um, talking about in particular lately, and if you follow us on Instagram, you it was the last video that I did for the Instagram, um, and it was basically talking about the false light and how we were talking about um, that verse out of uh, the Gospels. I believe it's uh, Matthew's Gospel, or maybe may John's Gospel, where he says, be careful that the light that inside you is not darkness. And um, we were talking about the, potenti the potentiality of a false victory um, that was actually staged by the dark, by the enemy, to deceive many. And we were talking about, like, the, the Georgia guide, guide stones that were blown up and... Um, and how everybody was thinking that, oh, okay, this is people fighting back with mm. against, you know, the Luciferian, you know, uh, globalists and the New World Order and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it, just one of the – and there was another incident too. I can't remember what the other incident was. Um, it was kind of timely in that same, same time frame. I can't remember what happened. Okay. But um, it's been a few weeks. But uh, anyways, the whole – the whole concept was that that people will be deceived by what they think is a is a great awakening or or a, a light that is good, and um, and when I was reading through these Christ letters, in particular the first letter, it really plays into that mm -hmm. um, that concept. Um, that so I think that something like this would be very alluring to somebody who is maybe really steeped into the QAnon movement. Um, where there's just a lot of really interesting um, sects of Christianity, and a lot of those are not true Christianity. They're just um, kind of in name, but they're very spiritual in nature, and they have a lot of um, openness and not a lot of discernment. And so um, I think that could be a possibility as well. So when I was reading it, it just kind of reminded me, of that a little bit of that false light you know um and you Absolutely. know and you know it says the bible says clearly that satan comes masquerading as a angel of light and so what is what is if satan was draped in light what is his intention it's not good it's just he masquerades as it's good so he fools you he deceives you and so an entire movement could come about um, where people are deceived and we know in thessalonians it also gives us a warning that there'll be a great deception in the last days so absolutely well i'll give some <clears throat> background about um what the christ letters are because when you you know you brought it up uh, i had never heard of it either and uh i do have kind of a lot of hippie friends who are into other kind of of these kinds of things, these yeah. channeled writings or whatever. But uh, you can actually buy this on Amazon, <laughs> this book. <laughs> and uh, so I'll just read this, and this kind of gets me started before we start going into the actual content of the letters. Or Yeah, they're letters. Um, just some interesting connections and stuff that I think people who uh, have listened enough May, you may hear some things that are like, oh, that's really weird. 
Mm-hmm. Why is that? So uh, the Christ Letters, an evolutionary guide home, is the name <laughs> of uh, the full title, and it's written by Elias Lonsdale and Theana Lonsdale. Theana is credited as also being a writer. So here is the official Amazon description of the book. Before she died, Theana, who is then known as Sarah Lonsdale, developed a means to communicate to con- continue communication with her husband Elias. Her words from beyond death beyond death's doors first appeared in the book of Theana, an introduction to the many realms of consciousness. Now, Elias has gathered and transcribed the Christ letters, a collection of detailed accounts of Theana's encounters with the Christ presence transmitted at Christmas and Easter time over the course of several years. Drawing deeply on the feminine aspect of consciousness and framing her discussion around the astrological qualities of each of the seven classical planets, Theana re-examines the figure of Christ in his teachings, exploding the myths imposed on Christ by church-based Christianity. Mm -hmm. What emerges is an unusual and inspirational account of the journey each one of us must take from the darkest places of consciousness to the eventual resurrection into the light of redemption. This is this is very telling here, if that any of that didn't give anything away. This is not just another account of life after death, nor a channeled book in the usual sense. The Christ letters enacts a virtually ignored method of spiritual communication. Diana's principal goal is to make her process available collectively so that from this point on, people will, quote, discover inside their own strength of being a Christ presence, something unexpected and wildly unknown. And uh, so that's what that has to say, the introduction. Yeah. So I read that and I'm like, I knew exactly, you know, the new age nonsense. Yeah. It's all nonsense. You go down here to the little about the author and it says, Elias Lonsdale is the founder of Star Genesis, <laughs> a visionary alternative to traditional astrology that blends, here you go, the teachings of Rudolf Steiner mm. with Lonsdale's own investigations into the nature of consciousness when his life partner, Sarah, died of cancer. Lonsdale pioneered a new way of communicating <laughs> with the dead, gaining insight about their realm and ours. He is the author of five books including the Book of Theana and Inside Planets. So I don't know if anyone is familiar with uh, Rudolf Steiner. Mm-mm. You may have heard that term. Uh, but uh, So I went to the this guy's uh, website, and it's absolutely crazy. It's just, <laughs> the, look at this, like oh, new man. age nonsense. <clears throat> That's the same picture on the cover of the book that I have. That, that picture of Jesus' face, it's weird. It's like oh. it's like an adapted version of the Shroud of Turin or something like that. Oh, That's whoa. what that cover oh. on Amazon. So this is mine. Oh, okay. For the, for the Christ Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, but the website is all about astrology, all about this New Age stuff. Um, but on this one website, it says under Read First, it says Christ Says. So this will start getting you into um, some of the words that 
it, it's just nonsense. Christ did not say this. Uh, let me just start that before yeah. I read a couple of yeah. these to under, get people into it. So they're claiming that Christ says, My boundless celestial love impels me to return again and again to write to mankind with the intention that finally, as many of you who are ready to receive it, will possess the knowledge which will enable you to transcend your humanhood and merge into father consciousness, <laughs> the true love consciousness in which all all realized, in which, sorry, the spelling is not very good, in which all realized all things bountiful and beautiful. Moving between different levels of consciousness is no easier pleasant mm -hmm. assignment. It is only because my mission, Christ's, on earth was not completed when I died in Palestine that mm -hmm. I now return to help you prepare to enter into a new age, a new phase of individualized existence on earth. So you're starting to get like kind of the stuff we're talking about. But to, to, to hop back just a little bit to that guy that I brought up earlier, Rudolf Steiner. So let me just read a little bit about him real quick. All right. Rudolf Steiner was an Australian occultist, Austrian occultist, social reformer, architect, ex esotericist, <laughs> and claimed uh, clairvoyant. He uh, gained initial recognition at the end of the 19th century as a literary critic and published works including the philosophy of freedom at the beginning of the 20th century he founded an esoteric spiritual movement anthroposophy what is that his esoteric <laughs> spiritual movement okay Thro uh, theros theroposophy anthro oh anthro okay got gotcha. <laughs> It's very. It's like anthropology, but with, with uh, philosophy, theosophy, uh, anthroposophy. Yeah, with roots in roots in German idealist philosophy and theosophy. Uh, it says his ideas are largely pseudo scientific, but he also is one of these prolific guys that wrote about so many things like health and like all these ideas just so many things that people just slam i mean for good reason but he he was one of these guys that claimed to be just like the most brilliant just person guru. alive yeah and wrote about all this other stuff um <laughs> he a lot of his writings were all again channeled writings that he wrote a lot about he wrote a lot about atlantis and lemuria lemuria mm -hmm. which um we kind of touched on some of the stuff. Lemuria. The mud floods. Kind of touches into the mud floods. Yeah. Um, but he has, you know, this book is, um, he has a whole book on Atlantis and Lemuria. And uh, one thing that, you know, we could tell right here, which is this whole other thing that is very weird. Um, and I think it'll touch on in, the Christ letters, because obviously I haven't read the book is hundreds of pages long. And we yeah. did not. It's like eight hundred and some pages. Yeah. I don't want it. Yeah, we read enough to get the gist of it, and just knowing the stuff that I'm going through right now. Yeah, you don't need to read. Like, don't read this. We're not recommending to not read this. Not at all. Right, hundred percent. Um, not recommending. But the Akashic records is this other thing that people may have heard of. In um, if you kind of listen to new agey adjacent people, there's been uh, much in the same way that you're talking about this reemergence of the light and mm -hmm. the false light. I've been 
I don't listen to many other podcasts at all, um, but I've the few that I've listened to have started to talk more and more about the the Akashic records, mm. and this touches into. Um, so this is a little bit of a tangent, but if you uh, ever hear anything about people talking about the Akashic records, this is a warning that this is where the guy is coming from, this occultist. Right. But basically, the Akashic records of, they say when every human being, and I'm not explaining this perfectly, but when a person does any movement or has a thought or anything happens in the world, it gets kind of transmitted the spiritual action of every action gets written into this, they would call it like general consciousness or Mm -hmm. universal wisdom or these kind of words. He just happens to use Akashic records. And that's also what Lonsdale, the guy that wrote Christ letters also uses the Akashic records. So that's why I'm talking about this, but uh, they have this belief that um, because every single thing exists in this kind of layer that's between heaven and us that is the store of all knowledge because every single thing that every person has ever done is spiritually stored into this and if you can tap into that you can have infinite wisdom they answer all these questions and it's all connected to consciousness consciousness yes and switching into being a being to bring in wisdom from the akashic records gotcha that's what this so if, when we start talking about that, or if someone hears about that, that is a big thing here. Also, um, just going through, you might find this because you like a lot. He's a Freemason. Oh, of so, course. There you go. Rudolf Steiner <laughs> is a Freemason. And um, I'll, I'll end it up with this. Um, but we kind of talked about it. Uh, Rudolf Steiner um, you may have heard, so he started his own thing that was kind of based on theosophy. And theosophy Theos- is, was uh, started Alice, by... Alice Bailey, right? No, uh, eight, uh, Helena, Helena Blavo- Blavatsky. Blavatsky. Blavatsky, yeah. And Sorry. No, it's fine. Yeah, so they were good friends, but they didn't see eye oh, to him, eye. Him and Helena were good yeah, friends, Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they were, yeah. ran in the same circles. They start, kind of started their own thing. Um, and there is, these are the kind of people that, and I'll wrap it up with this, of the, the light side, I'm going to use the quotes, the light side of the new age, these guys interacted with Aleister Crowley. Mm-hmm. So you have Aleister Crowley being the dark <laughs> side so deep, man. Yeah. of the light side. Like these guys were all, they all talked with one another. They yeah. all... Uh, share ideas. There are some ideas that run in you know, uh, Rudolf Steiner, yeah. Aleister Crowley, uh, Madame Blavatsky. So they are, these. Are, this is the milieu of the people that now we can start getting into the Christ letters. Sorry yeah. about all this long no, introduction. That was, that but was incredible dig. Laying down the groundwork of this guy is trying to combine all of these esoteric occult and evil philosophies, it's all Hinduism, it's all Buddhism. Yeah. Blavatsky was really big on uh, bringing uh, a lot of Hinduism over here. Yeah. So like before, the yeah. Hinduism was kind of a bigger thing uh, in the 60s where a lot of the, um, 
the, the gurus, you know, like in the 60s and kind of yeah. brought that. But before that, there was one, you know, maybe about 50, 60 years ago, uh, prior to that, with Blavatsky, Rudolf Steiner. Late 40s, or, you know. Uh, 1800s. Or 1800s? Oh, yeah, okay. 40, so 50 even... years before the 60s. Gotcha. Yeah, so they were bringing all these weird, esoteric, um, non-Christian. That's the whole point. Right. These are not Christian. So... Again, now going into the Chrysler's and we're going to talk about some of the stuff that they say, you have to remember that these people, when they use terms, they do not have the same vocabulary that we do. Their definitions, they may say, uh, I heard this put this way. So words really don't mean anything. We only, you know, like the letters that are writing out something. They're only uh, uh, they point us. They're pointers to ideas or things that actually exist, right? It's like when we say God, Christians use God in one way to point to the biblical God, you know, God of Israel, Father. Father. Um, When these people use God, their definition, they're pointing to something completely different. They're pointing to demons. Yeah. So when they start using, again, these the it's very nuanced. It's not nuanced. It's completely not, but it's deceptive. Deceptive is yeah. you're going to hear words that sound very Christian because they read the Bible. That's the other thing. These people read the Bible. They know our language. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they know the real definitions of things and they twist them. Yeah. And this is, I think, real. I, I don't know any other new age ones that I, I'm aware of and I'm not very big into this that directly say this is coming from Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah, this, so is this is one of the is, only ones. Yeah, Yeah. this is one of the only ones that I've found. There's a couple other ones, but this not as big in, or as popular as this one seems. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to say that... So that I, I'm done. There okay, are. that's a great... First of all, that's a great dig. Awesome dig to find. Those connections with, you know, Blavatsky and then Crowley as well in that circle. And what it does for us is it creates a great baseline for people to understand where this uh, foundation of these things come from. And they're so anti-Christ that um, because if, you know, and I'm I'm looking forward to um, hopefully here soon we're going to be able to have William Ramsey as a guest. And he did extensive work on Aleister Crowley, and he's done some great work. So even, even if you're listening, you should check out William Ramsey Investigates. That's his podcast and uh, his work on Aleister Crowley. He's written like three or four books about it. But... Um, I can't wait to interview him about that and talk exclusively about Crowley. Um, But to know how evil Crowley was and to know that they were running in the same circles and those people influenced the writers of the Christ letters. And then now reading through what I read of the Christ letters so far, and I see how deceptive they are and how twisting of the, like whoever wrote, like whatever they, whenever they um, give reference to the Bible, it's always twisted. It's always out of context, and it's always to – so if you're a a nominal Christian or if you're an, an unlearned Christian in the sense that you haven't read the Bible and you don't understand theology, you know, orthodox theology in the sense of what the early church fathers believed and taught and the, and the apostles taught. A little uh, orthodox, not the orthodox church. Right, right. Orthodoxy in the sense of the belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or if you're just easily given to deception, you're, you're a non-discerning person. You're going to fall for this. And the term that comes to to my mind is that phrase that we keep hearing so much in these conservative circles, love and light. 
I don't know if you guys you guys are familiar with hearing Love and Light, yeah. but I do. It does remind me of an, an old Simpsons episode. I don't know if you guys ever saw that, but they had an alien that came in love. I bring you love. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you try to work that in. <laughs> I, try, I was waiting forever to put that. <laughs> uh, uh, Rachel, you got anything you want to uh, share? You've been sitting Yeah, there. I actually... Well, I had something I wanted to bring up because as you were talking about, like, I didn't know any of that. This is all very new to me as well. But I didn't know any of that, Rosie, that you brought up about who was related to the writing of this, who was related to, you know, writing things that are similar and um, who they ran with and all that. Um, But what struck me when I started reading um, letter one was the laws of existence is what he's saying. He's like, I was shown the laws of existence. And the first thing that I thought of when I started reading this was the law of attraction Mm -hmm. and karma. So both of those things I see talked about in people who aren't even vaguely spiritual. They just refer to it as things that are real and things that can happen. Um, But then another thing about um, this Christ consciousness, this consciousness, you know, creative power, I've heard um, the the, the two people that I've heard bring it up that I've seen reposted and quoted by actual believing Christians are Marianne Williamson and um, Richard Rohr. Oh, so yeah. I've heard both of those people talk about and are very quoted, even by believers, um, talking about the Christ consciousness, which is like really alarming to me because of all of the other people who are also talking about the Christ consciousness. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm going to read the laws of existence so that you can tell <laughs> me right. what you think. And you can tell me if you think that they sound anything similar to the law of attraction. So, I was also shown the laws of existence controlling the human ability to create new circumstances and environment, relationships, achievement or failure, prosperity or poverty. One, whatever a man profoundly believes himself to be, good or bad, that he will become. Two, whatever a man fears others will do to him, so they will do. Three, whatever man hopes that others will do to him, he must first do to them since he is then creating a consciousness pattern, quote, end quote, which will return to bless him to the extent that he has blessed others. Four, whatever disease man dreads, so he will become prey to it, for he will have created the consciousness pattern, quote, unquote, to the very thing that he least wants to experience. Five, whatever is sent forth from a man's mind and heart returns to him in due course in some form or another. But remember that like always breeds like. Strong emotional thoughts are consciousness seeds, quote unquote, planted within a man's own orbit of consciousness. These will grow, bearing a like harvest for his reaping. Six, these are the fruits of free will. Seven, there, there is no way a man may escape what he thinks, says, or does, for he is born of the divine creative consciousness power and is likewise creative in his imagining. Those who long for good must for themselves first give it to others. Let their very existence be a blessing to others. When such people are in harmony with all others, they are perfectly attuned to the universal creative consciousness power, and they are brought into the flow <laughs> of the Father Nature, which is growth, protection, nourishment, physical, mental, spiritual, healing, fulfillment of need within the system of law and order. How can I describe for you my inner glow, my transcendent brightness and a brilliance of joy and the feelings of powerful love, which possessed and inflated my entire being with their intensity until I cried out with the pressure within my mind and heart. It was so powerful, it seemed like it would dissolve my bodily form. So this is, it's really interesting. This is what he's describing after he was baptized by John the Baptist, which is essentially this like epiphany, (laughs) 
Nirvana moment where he goes into the desert and, you know, essentially gets enlightened because of the emptying of himself and the receiving of the creative consciousness power. So this, it's really just, it's like a weird twisting of that moment while inserting in the law of attraction, inserting in karma, and then the Christ consciousness that these other New Agers are talking about. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is this is going to be really easy to assimilate and like um, make connections with if you're kind of like light new age Mm -hmm. or you're kind of like Christians who love, you know, love and light or who aren't very strong in doctrine and they really just want to build bridges between other people. Um, And there's, you know, within the deconstructionist uh, Christian movement, I see so many people Mm -hmm. interviewing or quoting Richard Rohr. Mm -hmm. And this is something that he talks about a lot, which is this universal Christ consciousness. And it sounds so good because it sounds so welcoming and it sounds so much like the, you know, the Hindu um, beliefs that you were talking about, Rosie, that are very, you know, they're very spiritual, they're very others centered, but also like the emptying of oneself, the enlightening, um, transcending, like all of that is very appealing um, without any actual truth because it's based in essentially just hearsay (laughs) since it's it's something that someone has received from a download essentially so it requires quite a bit of faith however it's very eerie that it's so similar to all of these other um other similarly downloaded religions and um ones with really really big followings all around the world yeah, and it, what, what's so crazy that like you read all that stuff. When people listen to this, they have to remember when you kept saying "my" when this happened to me, they're claiming that that's Christ speaking that. Right. So when he's talking about his baptism, <laughs> like yeah, he, it, the, the, I don't, I don't know, like how it, we could just stop right there. That's the episode. That's the most blasphemous stuff ever. You know what? I, but I mean that that's um, it's just so wild that and it's so radically different from um, and, and uh, to take a step more into what you're talking about of how this can be so deceptive for Christians who may be dabbling in that uh, like new age light or whatever you were saying is if you don't know the Bible and you don't know the words of Christ and what he did teach, um, that is so radically different from what you just read. Mm -hmm. There is nothing even close to what Jesus actually said or taught or did that have anything close to those things. But where a lot of these people kind of get off, so to speak, um, with, um, and this goes back to Gnosticism. The whole thing is what I'm getting at is, you know, they say things like, you know, we don't have all the recorded words of Jesus. You know, his ministry was, you know, three years, yeah. th- three years he could have been talking about this or, you know, uh, verses where he it talks about how he pulled the disciples aside or he taught the other ones. the Oh, this is the actual meaning of whatever behind it. Um, so this is fitting in that niche of uh they can say 
yeah, you know, Jesus spoke things that are so radically different from that, but he spoke in parables right? that seemed so, in you know, and he didn't explain parables. So he preached parables to some people, and then he didn't tell the those people what it actually meant, you know? They'll, they'll say stuff like this. You know, he taught this, and there was the... The, the the two levels of spiritual right. you know, yeah. knowledge. There's the stuff he taught the masses and the, the secret stuff. Yeah. So you know, if you don't but if you don't know what Jesus taught, you can't see right how crazy the, different this is. Yeah, and one of the other things too is like I I noticed that um through this a lot of times you're gonna have uh experiences. You know, this is my, my experience and my conscience and, and they're always um, circumventing the um, revealed truths of the his, like like what like I said again the small or orthodox believe Christian beliefs. For instance, they talk about your conscience. Like if you have a bad conscience, that your subconscious is actually drawing off of past lives experiences and um, pain from the past life that, that you've had, like injuries, pain, suffering, and it's polluting your con- your present conscious mind, and it's prohibiting you from accelerating up and and elevating up into the next plane of spiritual consciousness. And um, so they talk about all of this, um, first of all, fake news back history. Nobody nobody has past lives. Like we know that through scripture, number one. But also we know that we are born with a sin nature. So we're going to have propensities to sin. And they talk about basically how you can elevate beyond sin. (laughs) So the need for the death on the cross of Christ now becomes irrelevant because you can actually do it yourself. You can become like Christ in your conscience uh, by elevating yourself through, through pure thinking and through meditation practices. and, um, Mm -hmm. And then when the universe sees that you're positioned correctly, it will open up to you and you'll be able to ascend, you know, you'll be ascending up in. And um, the whole thing about it is this whole idea of propensity of love, like we're going to, we're going to expand love and all this. And what I, what I found humorous is when I started reading the first letter of the Christ letters, it was talking about how um, the Christian movement actually brought a blessing on the planet and how uh, it was like uh, prosperity and caring for, you know, kid, children were being cared for and medical and all these other things. But then something went awry and they won't, he doesn't really pinpoint it. Um, but it's supposed to be Christ talking, right? And uh, and then and then he talks about how like that's where he introduces the whole idea of your conscience being polluted and all these other things. And you read down a little bit further and then the bomb drops and it's like, He's talking about how you can't trust. Oh, don't go there yet. Don't go there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to say something before. Well, I, can I talk about his time in the desert? Yeah. So he, he before he talks about what you can't trust, he does say that uh, Christ goes into the desert, and one of the things about these cults and these new age practices is it's not it's not what he says; it's what he hasn't said that they always try and infer. So like it's like a gap. They're trying to fill a gap and say, "Oh no, we know this is what really happened with Jesus when he was in the desert for 40 days." Um now we're told in scripture number 1 the purpose of him to go in there was to 
actually be confronted by Satan and be tempted so that he could overcome temptation from Satan himself. And at the same time, he was overcoming the flesh because he was actually fasting for 40 days. And we do know that he was tempted in such a way um, that was really like none of us would have been able to withstand it. No, but none of our listeners would be able to withstand it. But then he also was tended to by angels. Uh, And that was because he was emaciated. I mean, 40 days Mm -hmm. of not eating in the desert. Now, I've been in that part of Judea where he was in the in the desert it is desert like it's legit yeah. desert and uh, it's rough it freezing cold at night blazing hot in the day you know it's just um, rugged there's no water the dead seas down there so you don't even have fresh water like that you know right. so um, for Jesus to be there and, and do that um, it wasn't like he was trying to raise his consciousness and they come back and and then the the letter tells us that he comes back from this fast and all of a sudden now he can do miracles and he's teaching the Pharisees and he's profound you know this profound teacher and uh, <laughs> obviously the early church knows that that was a significant significant turning point when Jesus was fasting for 40 days in the desert it was huge. It was massive. And I think it, the beginning of his ministry really, it, it was like God put a stamp on him as the son. And, you know, Hebrew says that he, this is where he learned to be the son. You know what I mean? So I think that there's a whole, um, there's, it. whenever you have these cults, these new age cults that come in, um, they, they always focus on what's not said and they try and fill in the gaps. So you got to be really careful about what they're trying to tell you um and scripture interprets itself it always does tell you know tell us what's going on but um the other thing is i wanted to make mention about richard Rohr. you know rachel you had mentioned richard Rohr. richard Rohr is he's started off as a catholic and um he's really big with the enneagram and we had mentioned this before and we have two other episodes on the enneagram you can go back and listen to him i highly recommend our listeners check those out because the enneagram is making inroads into the church and um, I flat out reject it. Like, I don't, I know some people are like, well, I'm a 9W or whatever, <laughs> whatever they are. And, um, and you know, I can, I have grace for someone like that, especially if you're ignorant to the origins of it. But, um, you know, I literally was in a position where I was warning the church not, they wanted to do a sermon series on the Enneagram. And I was like, no, we can't do this. This is not spiritually true and pure. We cannot do it. It doesn't come from God. And um, they wanted us to read this book as a staff with Richard Rohr. And um, when I started looking into Richard Rohr, like he divine, he he actually has now come out and he is, um, he's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he is rejecting the divinity of Christ. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a guy who was a cat. He was a mystic. He wasn't even a Catholic. He was a mystic. And so, um, you know, anything that involves automatic writing where someone goes into a trance and they're writing, you know, um, based and on... And that's how he came up with the Enneagram. Th- well, he didn't, but Richard Ward's just an advocate for it. Oh, that's right. That's it, right. Was yeah, in, yeah. it was a guy named uh, Enrico or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Orecchio or, 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 or something like that. Yeah. Navarro Riccio or something. <laughs> it was down in... It sounds like, like an Enya song. <laughs> yeah, right. Orenico flow or whatever. Yeah. I do like that song. <laughs> I'd have to go back and listen to our episode to remember the names, but um, but uh, it yeah. was it was when we had uh, Marsha Montene- yeah. Montenegro on, and she's who's amazing. So, um, oh, what were you gonna say, Rosie? Oh, I was gonna bring up uh, just I wanted to make this <laughs> comment about how you had uh, talked about the the past lives and all that stuff. Yeah. 
So a new age person, where does the Akashic Records come into play? That's where they say all this stuff about your past lives are stored. Right. That's how they get away from, from if there's a, I, I just looked real quickly and I found this Vogue article. Literally, <laughs> I swear to God, this is from last year. Here's how accessing your Akashic Records can heal past trauma. Mm. Wondering what kind of information you can find in the Akashic Records? We asked a healer to know more. This stuff is like the Vogue magazine. I mean, yeah, no, I believe the it, yeah. the Vogue. It's they, and they they say it's like a database where it's stored. So is it like it, a it, celestial database that like yeah, yeah. You, you, but you here's tap in? yeah here's the point about that though is again you're bringing the the law of karma and this is uh, sorry this is where I was going back to what Rachel had talked about about the law of attraction um, another book maybe we'll talk about it maybe we won't but it comes up is the secret that was really mm-hmm. big yes uh, oh 15 yeah years ago yes that mm-hmm. re kind of popularized the law of attraction yeah um i know there were christians that were reading that um so again this stuff has always been there but you get to this idea of what what what's so different about god the christian is uh that god is a perfect judge right yeah you know it, it, i'm going to lay a little steps so you can follow with me our Christianity is unique unlike anything else because God is perfect. He's perfectly judged. He doesn't have outlashes of, ang- you know, like unjustified anger. He mm-hmm. doesn't do these things that like the Roman gods, you know, they always were uh, fickle. They had, in there. Yeah, yeah. And they would get into fights and they would have, you know, this. Pr- the more I'm saying it, I'm trying to think of words that are di- different, but they're, it's very hard to find it because. This is the doctrines of demons even from back then, mm-hmm. is they take verses where they're like, well, God had anger. It says, don't, you know, let God, uh, I'm so bad at quoting scripture verbatim, um, but God is quick to anger. No, uh, he's not quick he's to anger. He's not quick to anger. He's slow to patience. He's long-suffering, I, uh, patient, um, and slow to this. anger. But he talks to us, don't sin in your anger. Sin, uh, that's, sorry, but that's getting for a believer. Mixed up. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm getting these two mixed up. Yeah. But a lot of people say that, you know, God's so angry, that's why he killed all these people. He's telling all these, he's this murderous guy. He yeah. uh, Don't, I'm sorry, jealousy. That's what I was thinking. Of. Oh, he's a jealous God. God is a jealous yeah. God. And, um, and so you can say these things about these other gods, little g-gods of other religions, that they were jealous. And, well, Christian God's jealous, so he's just one of the same. All these attributes, they always pull and twist mm-hmm. the attributes of God. But God is just an, an, the actual God, Yahweh, uh, Lord, the Christian. Father God. The, Father God. Yeah. Abba Father. I'm sorry. I'm still trying to find ways of, like, saying it. And I feel like I'm getting Elohim. tongue-tied. <laughs> no. Tongue-tied. Yeah. Um, anyways, when you start getting into these, the basis of these uh, religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, these Eastern ones... That's where you start getting into karma, and they get all of this is the, the Akashic records. Mm-hmm. This karma, the law of karma, all these things are to get away from being judged by a god because they're now reincarnation, all these ideas, they ultimately are getting away from you know the Christ consciousness, the father consciousness that this book talks about is the Akashic records, the, the database of all these things. And that is how they get around the idea of an all-knowing being that has recorded all of our sins. Because 
<laughs> it's not being judged by one perfect person. It's being judged by this nebulous thing that it's like the blockchain. It's like the but it's know, infinite it, it's, chances though. It's like there is no finality of judgment. Right. It's infinite. Well, eventually you get so good that you overcome and you never have any. Right. But I mean, but the, infinitely until you get to that point. Could be, yeah. You know what I mean? They, it could be. Versus God who has a day of judgment. Oh, I get what you're saying. On yeah, record yeah. to come. Right. Well, th- yeah. So they would say that you have many days of, when you die, then they record all your things. But yeah. Um, they're escaping judgment. You know, they say Christians are trying to escape this by, you know, we just pray and all our sins go away, you know, like that thing. And you just keep on going. This is really, this kind of stuff is really trying to pull you away from any, having anything, uh, taking account of your actions. Right. Um, so I'm just trying to lay this out that this idea of the Akashic records, this idea of raising your consciousness is to get you away from being judged by a, a right, righteous and, perfect god yeah this is where it, it's going into this eastern completely un, it's not christian there's nothing about it that's right, christian right sorry i just want to point that out the the the, la, the the karma the law of attraction past lives this is all tied into the akashic records and the raising of consciousness did you know this. that um i actually have the akashic records right behind you on that thumb drive oh yeah yeah i, I downloaded them nice so i'm going to delete them later good really mess with the universe <laughs> <laughs> um are you ready to talk about the the do not trust uh, that I was going to? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Rachel. I didn't mean to cut you off a while ago. Did you have something you wanted to say? Or did I completely oh, blow right past no, it? No, no. Um, I think I think what I was talking about was related to what Turner was talking about in the um, desert when his enlightenment um, helped him see that his thoughts essentially could change the shimmer of motes, which is what science calls <laughs> electrically charged particles. Mm. And then they could produce changes in the appearance of whatever he was studying or whatever. So it's like he came to realize the powerful effect that conviction or unwavering faith had on the environment when stating a command or even a belief. Mm. And so what he was witnessing was the creative power of the divine mind itself. And so he, its appearance could be profoundly affected by the activity of human thought. So what he had to do was get into the desert, become enlightened and realize. So it was like he was coming like in and out of it, like the force, like he had to become stronger in it (laughs) when you're reading through this. And I'm just like, Oh my goodness, what does this remind me of? And it's like, I instantly thought of some of Bill Johnson's books where he's talking about co-laboring with heaven or inviting the supernatural down into your world. And I was like, what else does this have in common with it? And it's Bill Johnson has also denied the divinity of Jesus when he was walking on the earth. Really? Um, I didn't know that. He has in one of his books. uh, Let me see which one it was. This is all NAR stuff, right? When Heaven Invades Earth. Yes, he has several. But one of their big things in in the NAR is the whole co-laboring with heaven and essentially you making sure that you can partake in this. You there? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, everything everything went (laughs) went crazy. Your whole camera went crazy and like it fell. Yeah, I was talking with my hands and I knocked my laptop over. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... No, so it's really interesting because, like, the supernatural, like, you have to participate in the supernatural and actually do more things with your faith. Your mic's, all messed, your mic's all messed up now. Oh, gosh. Oh, Can I you think, hear me now? I think you fixed no? it. What did you do? 
Man, you really were talking with your hands. <laughs> Are you Thank Italian? You, that's some that's some gesticulation right there. <laughs> I don't know why it did that. Now I can hear me. Can you hear me? I can yeah, hear you're you. good. You're yeah, good. you sound okay. much better now. It's like when the cable is like just slightly off. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's the port. Oh, that's okay. Wow, those. Well, ports. I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back and um, you can change if you need to take stuff out. But anyway, no, we're good. This, we're good. This was actually it, that's instantly what this reminded me of was the um, the different things that Bill Johnson has talked about in some of his books about um, essentially accessing the supernatural Jeez, um, in the same way that Jesus did hmm. and um, be, treating everything like it we already are in the kingdom of heaven. Um, so, I mean, there's there's like things that ring true, I guess, in some of the things that he says because he's quoting from Scripture. But it's like the things that Jesus didn't say, they're inferring. You know yes. what I mean? Or they're, yeah. they're like, this is what it also means. And it also includes the, all these other thoughts. But all of those things just sound like this, you know, tapping into your consciousness, your Christ consciousness, and being elevated and transcending to that level where everything becomes supernatural and you're able to influence things um, in the here and now just because of, you know, your elevated state of faith. And that's that same phrase that they're using in this um, Christ letters is you have to have faith in the creative power. Um, so it's just really interesting how similar it is. And I think that's why it's going to become um, the lines are going to You broke up. You're being too Italian right now. You're slapping everything when you're talking. Nothing's about. coming through your mic right now. Nothing at all. What? You there? Now? Yeah, you're better. Go ahead. The, li the lines are becoming more and more blurry between all of these new age and... Yes. NAR. And um, people don't realize just how unbiblical it is because of the twisting of scripture um, and the half truths. So you really have to be a student of the word and also just not just be, you know, walled off to other believers. You actually do have to have outside influences of sound believers, sound teachers, yeah. people who know how to interpret properly <laughs> because otherwise, you know, with most of these cults, um, it comes by a twisting of scripture, um, an addition to scripture, and usually a denying of Jesus's deity. Yeah. And, you know, the NAR theology talks about kingdom now theology, and that's what you're talking about, this merging of why should we wait for the kingdom to come when we should have it now? And Jesus mentions that the kingdom of God is within you, and I know that the Christ letters talk about that in particular, when Jesus comes back, he's like, no, the kingdom is in me, and it can be in you. And, uh, and Jesus did declare that. But when you look at it theologically, how it breaks out, and this is important for people to understand, the kingdom, the kingdom within you is that you are ruled by the Holy Spirit now. So the kingdom in you is that the conviction of God's laws would be on your heart. Now, Ezekiel, it's that new covenant, right? It's a, I'll write my laws on their heart. They'll know me. And, and uh, I'll ha basically that, sh that Shekinah glory, that, the glory that was inside the, behind the veil in the temple is actually in you. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is inside you. And, and so what you have now is this, the kingdom, when Jesus said the kingdom is within you, that's what he was referring to is that it's this 
Paul said it's this incorruptible seed that you, has been planted within you that's immortal, and it's eventually going to grow and bear fruit to be immortal, and that's when we get our resurrected bodies. Mm-hmm. And so we get our resurrected bodies in the kingdom, mm-hmm. when the kingdom is f- the millennial kingdom that comes at the thousand-year reign. So uh, it's funny how they just want to take these things and just cause, just m- put it in a blender, put it all together, and then... And then say this is your this is your new yeah <laughs> your new dessert. We should start calling the NAR New Age Reprobates. Because <laughs> I was just thinking that dude, I, I love. That. I was thinking of a different R word originally, but yeah, that, which I think is more fitting. But this reprobate is also the mm. uh, good. And you brought up a that. really interesting point that uh, I I noticed while reading some of the uh, some of the letters. Um, first of all, interesting point just aside about the desert itself is the desert in arid dry places is always connected with demons mm-hmm. um exactly I, I pulled up this one verse matthew twelve forty three. uh i'm just reading the first version that comes up uh, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man he walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none mm-hmm. so it's other ones talk about uh, use the word demon, but unclean spirit is the same as a deep. Uh, yep. So, but always that's the whole reason, you know, like the scapegoat where they'd always put the, the goat and they'd leave it out into the desert. Like the, that's, there's always this imagery of demons being in the desert is one connection. Yeah. Um, so you could see, you know, Jesus being in the desert is directly, you know, the, of course that's where Satan's going to come to him. Yeah. Now, I think now probably it's closer to being cities. <laughs> I think cities are more <laughs> demonic than the desert. Um, but in the Bible, that's not something to gloss over. Uh, this was a point that I don't know if we've ever brought it up, but it does talk about, like I said, in the uh, Christ letters. And you had brought it up, Rachel, about this idea of uh, creating, that we are able to create um, our own realities and this idea that you always hear people say that, uh, which is again, law of attraction, but you hear this tied in to, um, so the new age, not only does it grasp onto religious, um, ideas or themes or religions in general or religious teachings to kind of get this pedigree, but it also grasps and it touches into, um, a lot. If you, again, if you read all this stuff, they use all these Christianity words or church, you know, these mm-hmm. Christian words, but they also focus a lot on stuff that sounds like it's scientific. And, you know, on the record for me, I don't believe in science. I think it's it's stupid. <laughs> I think everything is dumb. I don't think science is, I think uh, it's witchcraft, <clears throat> you know, all that stuff. I don't believe scientists. I don't trust any of it. But they try to make this idea and you hear a lot about quantum mechanics and the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. Whenever you hear about that, and all in here, they talk about electricity and it talks about power. One of the biggest things that they will point to, so if you hear anyone starting to talk about the spiritual aspects, they do tie it into the quantum realm. And they always use like the, the this really great, uh, not great experiment, but the this big example, they talk about the double split, a uh, double slit experiment where they shot these electrodes or whatever things 
through uh, these particles, single particles, and through these, you know, this piece of paper that had like two slits, and they just shot them. And they, there's this whole idea of when they shot these particles through these two slits, and nobody was, no human being was observing and sitting there looking mm-hmm. at it. It the they went through these two slits and just kind of went all over the place. But when it was observed by people, when there's people actually watching the experiment happen, the electrons or whatever that shot through the double slit stayed they'd together. Mimic. Yeah, they'd mimic each well, other. Yeah. Well, it's not mimicking. It's they showed this intelligence and they showed uh, some order. And so, and that the, then scientists or demon uh, witchcraft people. Uh, Lab, <laughs> stupid lab coats they take from that and say that's a quantum realm that is influencing from this outside uh another dimension or all these things that yeah, are, yeah. there's the well observer. that's the big that's the big thing with quantum physics is they don't they don't observe known physics law laws of physics that we have now yeah so that, that's what they're appearing disappearing they're right right yeah, you know, yeah things yeah. are just they, they, they're going opposite of what normal physics that we have observed for right you know hundreds Um, thousands of years yeah but they take the so the new age people will take ideas like this of the observer principle that's what they call with the double slit experiment of the observer the person looking at these um electrons being shot and they appear differently when people are looking at them so this is why you hear a lot of the new age people taking from that that may be true i don't know whatever i don't believe scientists i don't believe whatever they made it up and they say that we influence our reality right because we are observing it and if you have a higher consciousness you can therefore mold reality differently because everything's made of electrons blah, 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 all this stupid stuff mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i just wanted to point that out is that's where they they steal from religions and they steal from science to try to make it sound smart. Well, I that's do, the whole thing. I want to, I want to cast one other option into that. Okay. Genesis six, we know that they exchanged, in, you know, knowledge for women. Yeah. And some of that knowledge they had no access to why or how it would work, but it was explained to them. Uh, there is a higher, there is a knowledge in the spirit realm that we don't understand. So this could be one of the facets that. You know, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to be a heretic here, because mm-hmm. I can't prove any of this. But what I'm saying is, theor- theoretically, f- from a, th- I'm simply theorizing right okay. now. Okay, I'm not speaking. Yeah, yeah. just a theory. Not speaking ex cathedra. Right. right. Yeah. This is just a theory. <laughs> but what if, like these demons, these spirits, these entities, they fallen, understand fallen the angels. The fallen angels. They understand the, how the principles that work in the spirit realm that affect the physical realm and so forth. And what if they understand, like, this is something that we can actually control in this thing, um, and we're going to impart this, and it's going to make them, It's they're going to see tangible effects of this because it actually does work. It's a principle. You know, God's, God has principles just like there's principles of, of nature, right? There's mm-hmm. principles of God as well. So what if there's, there's some kind of principle that works, and they just deceive people with it, you know? Yeah. What if it's part of that, like, hidden fallen angel knowledge that just never was revealed or maybe it was revealed but lost over time you know from yeah uh, i mean that's the whole thing about like the idea of the law of attraction with the secret uh, or 
the secret is the book that popularized, repopularized right. this thing. And they say it's an old esoteric occultist thing. Right. So I, I, I agree with that. Um, but there's just a sticking point. I totally agree with that. And we should not be and messing with it regardless. No, 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 no. You know, yeah. Um, but when you read all this new agey stuff, they really always love talking about the quantum realm. They talk about electricity. They talk about creating this stuff. They're not talking about it in the same way. I'm just right. saying no, you're that right. they, it, they're, they're stealing, again, the, the words, the vocabulary of the church, and they're stealing vocabulary and language from science, and they're kind of melding it together. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good point. I, I, you know, Because I... a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. Like, why would they... I mean, reading it, unless you knew that that's what they're, they mean about the law of attraction, like what you said, brought up, Rachel then you wouldn't understand why they're talking about all oh, the quantum realm and right. you know matter and vibrations and all that stuff that they're trying to tie into the science stuff so that when you say it you can talk about it yeah. and people go oh well you understand quantum mechanics and and the science thing works really good too because what does science want to do and what has it successfully done over the last you know 50 years is remove god yes so it can replace god with some kind of nebulous mm -hmm. force, like, you know, uh, the force awakens. <laughs> An intelligent designer. Yeah. I know people who believe in intelligent design because they're atheist or whatever, or they just secular or something, but they don't want to acknowledge that it's God of the Bible. Mm -hmm. But you have to acknowledge that there is some design behind it. So, yeah. Or the people who believe that we're star seeds from, you know. <laughs> yeah extraterrestrials <laughs> and rosie's point was perfect it's it's avoiding mm -hmm. judgment it's avoiding all of these cults all of these things avoiding judgment that there's going to be a day when you have to face a righteous god mm -hmm. and justify yourself for your life and the only way to escape that judgment is to hide yourself under the blood of christ and to be cleansed and forgiven and be given that robe of righteousness so that you can have the judgment pass over you you know, and the Christ of the Bible, not Christ this of the Bible. Yeah, it's no, not, a, not a New Age Christ, and that's a th and that's another point is that it's a f it was a physical man who was fully man, fully God, who gave his physical life on a physical cross, shed his physical blood, and he will return in a physical body to rule and reign for a thousand years. Hmm. So it's all like this consciousness yeah. stuff. It's it's detached from the reality of Scripture of of a physical God, yep. you know, as well as spiritual. I like, I can't remember who actually said the, this other quote. And then after I say this, how we, you get into what we're going to talk about, okay. about what you wanted to is, uh, there's that quote from, uh, I think it's attributed to Karl Marx that religion is the opiate of opiate of the masses because it, uh, is supposed to fulfill, you know, this Freudian daddy God that grants all our wishes and all this stuff. Uh, but I remember reading this quote where it's like the true opiate of the masses is the lack of religion and the fact that we can do whatever we want and there is no judgment. Everything will be okay in the end. Mm -hmm. Like when you see it like that, one Christianity again all throughout. You know, you're gonna pick up pick up your cross. Follow yeah. me. You're gonna die like me. You're gonna be. 
the world hated me and they're going to hate you. We're never prom we're promised a complete opposite of love and light. We <laughs> right. said that the this world it will hate us and they're supposed to. And if we're not hated and people aren't mad at you, right. the world not you know whatever. But anyway, go ahead. Let's let's go into this kicker. Yeah. So when you get to letter five of the Christ letters. This is where it really, I was like, whoa, wow. So it's remember, this is supposed to be Christ himself dictating these letters to these people, to this person that's writing it, right? And you get to point number one of letter five, and it says the New Testament is not to be trusted, accepted, <laughs> or believed. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally hear Jesus saying that. Um didn't he say in John 1, 1, that I, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God? Oh, wait, uh, and Jesus is the Word made flesh, right? <laughs> so we shouldn't be trusting the Word of God, right? Oh, wait a second, that's contradictory. So uh, first first flag, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Second flag, um, he says, he, he alludes to the fact that um, you know, 30 years after, most of the letters were written 30 years after the resurrection. So it's impossible for these people that were writing to remember everything that Jesus wanted them to remember and told them to, to write down and remember. And I laughed at that out loud when I read it because I was thinking about the fact that when the Old Testament was put together, um, just peppered throughout the Old Testament were hundreds of prophecies pertaining to the first coming of Christ. And then you have in the New Testament, there's hundreds of prophecies pertaining to the second coming of Christ. And Jesus fulfilled all of these prophecies that were uttered hundreds, even thousands of years prior to his appearing. appearing. And we know that the New Testament, we're told in, in, in Timothy that Paul says that all scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for correction, rebuke, teaching, all those things so that we can be an equipped follower of God. And so you have scripture itself defining what the word is and how it was, where its origins come from. And then supposedly Jesus is giving us this new information. He's saying, oh yeah, by the way, don't trust what I told you before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. Come on, man. That's just a joke. It, it, like if you are a Christian, you have Christian origins or Christian roots at all and you get to letter 5.1, throw it all away. Walk away from it. It is absolutely doctrine of demon. You do not need to partake in any of this. Walk away. You're living in deception right now. There is a truth that will carry you through eternity, and this is not it. The Christ letters are not it. And I'm not trying to condemn anybody that might be believing this, and they're thinking, oh, well, your consciousness is so closed off that you can't receive these truths. You're just... You're not open. You're not willing to receive these wonderful blessings of these of your consciousness being elevated. You know when you accept these truths. Well, no, because it's a lie. It's not a truth, and no one should be required to accept a lie. No one should be accept should be required to believe a lie. We should be refuting them and exposing them, which is you know what we're doing right now. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm on. I'm off my soapbox now. That just blew me away. Yeah. Let's talk about some good stuff that actually is in here. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just scrolling through trying to find uh, <laughs> something. It does say uh, uh, it talks about degenerates being in the uh, entertainment industry. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it talks about watching TV a lot, which made me laugh. 
<laughs> yeah. You would think that Jesus would, giving a new, you know, gospel, a new letter, or whatever, would write like eternal things, right? That would go be eons of generations, right? You know, like TVs are going to be around 10,000 10, years from now. Yeah. Right, right. He's talking about like everyone who wants instant things, instant food, instant transportation. And I, like, I'm like, wow, this is very modern. Sounds very, I don't know, 1970s, 1980s. I'm not going to guess when this was all downloaded, but that's what is striking to me. Yeah. So 2014 was when the book was published. Oh, really? <laughs> it was published in 2014. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking whoever wrote it, that's, that's the language. It sounds like if you were to pick up a book written by somebody who grew up in the 70s or 80s, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. yeah. But um, it's really interesting that and I was reading this earlier, he's like trying to undo the history of who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, he's saying like in the first part where it says Christ says, and then my boundless celestial love, he's saying because of the wrong interpretation placed on my mission by Jewish teachers, <laughs> my true message has been distorted out of recognition. And the purpose of these letters is to bring to the people of this new age, the truth of what I really spoke to the crowds in Palestine. Yeah. And then in chapter one, he says, my disciples and Paul built their own edifice of sacred beliefs on what they wanted to preserve from my life and teachings. They only taught and consolidated what they deemed to be valuable to people, Jews and Gentiles, like at the time in the future consequently they distilled what they thought they could use and they let go of most what i termed the secrets of the kingdom of god for they never understood them nor found them desirable in the creation of a new perception of the divine the father so well, he's essentially why, why why wouldn't jesus give paul that information when he took him up into the third heaven Mm -hmm. I know, right? Like he Knocked met, him off. The, yeah, right. he took. He, Paul was stoned to death, left for dead, mm -hmm. and was was taken up into the third heaven. He he met with Jesus, and he was he was told mm -hmm. things that he wasn't allowed to share with us. Remember? Yeah. He says yeah. things too glorious for me to even mention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was probably this. I bring you love. <laughs> That's what I love that clip. I'm sorry. I had to I do it. I've been waiting for it. To, I, I wanted to do it again. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not going to apologize. No, it's okay. I mean, you did, that's heretical because Jesus said I'd come to bring the sword. <laughs> does he, what does he say? It, come it, it was peace. He says, not pe uh, I don't. came to bring a sword, yeah. yeah. Um, it also talks about AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, yeah, they have uh, apparently Jesus has uh, really loves condoms. <laughs> <laughs> what let me i'll just read this this is so ridiculous like I, i'm sorry it, with it, you know we're kind of wrapping up and yeah, uh yeah. i just had to point out some ridiculous stuff that this talks about okay so here's one uh <laughs> no uh, so i think this is the per this is him writing talking about it and uh it, it, no, here no doubt many people will be wondering whether Christ approves or condemns condoms. Christ's vibrant answer no to doubt. this is, <laughs> so this is what Christ says. No new creative ideas ever came from human brain cells. People who invent and create something new receive the new idea from the universal, capitalized. Whatever comes from the universal can be used to benefit creation. Hmm. Again, technology. Technology, yeah. He's saying every technology is good. Jesus did not say that. No. 
Technology is demons. They're undoctored. <laughs> Anti-tech. But God continues to go on. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus continues to go on with that. The creation of the condom was one of the most loving and wonderful gifts and blessings <laughs> to appear on earth, both outside and within the bounds of marriage. There you go. It has brought relief to women sorely burdened by the demands of inopportune men. It has been the means of sparing unwanted children the misery of an unloved existence. Countless children may have been born into poverty and died early deaths. With the arrival of AIDS, the condom is <laughs> certainly a means of protecting a partner. It's so ridiculous. I mean, go be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Right? That's the... Yeah. That's the, the like, wh what? I just love that it's Unloved so, children it's so out of place where it's yes. like, uh, it's like, we love everyone and like, you know, you need to mm -hmm. like, get, you know, vibe right with everyone or whatever and get your, I, don't, I can't, I don't even know enough get new your, others. It's get your Christ conscious condom. Christ conscious condom. Yeah. But apparently it's good because, you know, you don't, you don't want to have an unloved kid, you, you know. And AIDS. And AIDS. <laughs> Don't forget AIDS. <laughs> You're going to get the AIDS, man. Uh, Use your condom. Oh, my so God. You don't this, get is, the AIDS. this is so I hope at the end of this. We are at the end, yeah. No, no I was going to oh, say, at the oh. end, here, everyone, this is ridiculous. This is BS. You should not let, read it. It's not even worth reading. Like, it doesn't make sense. None of this stuff makes sense. You know, when we read, it's so hard to read entire paragraphs i can't believe rachel read how much she did at the end at the beginning right because it's so hard to read <laughs> it's not well written mm -mm. it's stupid it makes no sense it talks about like five different things at once well and... it's a demon what do you yeah. expect have you even seen though have you seen the table of contents just yes. reading through that is ridiculous <laughs> because it goes through and it's like uh, chapter five originally numbered four A, right. and yeah. then oh, chapter six originally numbered this, and it, it's like making those corrections, and then actually just reading the titles of each section, I'm like trying not to laugh because there's all these capitalizations and exclamation points, and yeah. it sounds like, it sounds like a hippie who is now old and elderly was writing emails and these are the titles for the emails urgent message from christ when are you going to wake up some boomer some old boomer wrote the christ letters well he did he, he looks like a boomer. i mean if you Is, look up a picture of him he yeah he also looks like he would sell you really bad weed super expensive and hit on your girlfriend a hundred percent your wife <laughs> Oh, that's oh. crazy. No, because he, he's selling it to 13-year-olds. Hey, there is yeah. an interesting um, chapter called Human Beings Have Created Their Own Viruses. That's oh, what he's talking yeah. about AIDS, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it comes from your dirty subconscious. That's what it's from. It's your dirty subconscious <laughs> bleeding into your conscience, which releases electronic vibes that become viruses. You're not that's so you're, you're literally manifesting. Right now, viruses. we have released... The worst of viruses. Super AIDS. <laughs> super AIDS. Super AIDS box. Monkey, Qu monkey quantum, super pox. Quantum AIDS box. Quantum AIDS. Quantum AIDS box has been released just from this podcast. And those of you listening, good luck. There is no vaccine. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, jeez, man. This is crazy. Well, I don't know how it... I feel bad for our listener friend because I genuinely I feel bad for the the person that they know that has adopted this. That person that has fallen into this this Christ letters is very undiscerning. And my my advice would be for them to sit down with them and to begin to go through the New Testament, you know. Yeah. Just go through the New Testament, read the gospels, learn who Jesus was. And then read the the book of Acts to learn what the early church was doing, and then read the epistles to learn how to live for Jesus. And you're gonna your theology is gonna start to settle itself out uh, as you go through that New Testament. And um, and I think the things that are contrary to Scripture that you've been believing in these Christ letters are gonna be really clear if you just go into the truth. The best way to discover and figure out a lie is to know the truth, right? You know, and uh, what was that? What's that phrase, you know, like every youth pastor uses like, hey, man, uh, the way that they find counterfeit cash is, yeah. is by studying the real thing. Yeah. You study the real thing and then you can see the counterfeit, you know, because you can recognize it's not supposed to look like that. And, and but there's, it's a great, that's actually a great analogy. Read, read God's word, follow into his truth. And then when the lies come, they'll, they'll be really clear or much more clear. And pray for discernment. Yes. Good point, man. Pray for just every one of us should pray for discernment. Like that's a gift from mm-hmm. God, and you'll feel, you'll sense those little red flags, checks in your heart, your spirit, your yeah. gut, your mind. Like they'll, however God wants. And the other thing too is consciousness. We didn't even really talk about what is consciousness. Like consciousness is a gift from God because it's literally, it's literally the the you know like the phone cord between God and our spirit. And so the conviction of God comes through our conscience, and it convicts us. Like the the peace of God goes through our conscience and affects our spirit. So your conscience has to be clean, cleansed by God's word, right? That's what we're told in Scripture. It says you have a clean conscience because washed by the pure word of God. So you cleanse your conscience, and then you read God's word. And when your conscience is cleansed, you can actually experience this elevated spirituality that the Christ letters are talking about, but in reality, yeah. not in some, you know, weird cultic new age way. Yeah. And the, the other thing, uh, and we, we've said this many times before, whenever we talk about the new age, uh, that it is very clear that the, the new Testament does talk about altered states of consciousness yep. or this, cause it says, you know, we are given a brain to reason with. Mm-hmm. That's it. Reason, you know, we don't turn off our brain. We're not called to turn off our brain. Right. Again, the more the more that I dig into these topics, uh, you know, not to get on a soapbox either, but the more that I dig into the the quote unquote weird stuff that we talk about in the Bible, the more I read the Bible, the more my brain is engaged. Yes. There's nothing. Everything just becomes more logical and is laid out. God is a God of logic. You know, he gave us that's we have the mind of God because we can reason. Yes. You know, God is not unreasonable. He he it does not do things that don't make sense. Like they Right. Isaiah clearly says, Come let us reason, reason together. together. Yeah. 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 You know, that's important to Yeah. And the, you know, these guys, uh, Paul and all the all the guys when they're all preaching at the new in new areas where they go and they're bringing literally a new gospel. They, no one has ever heard this. They have they, they're getting into debates. They're getting into philosophical debates. So it's not bad to know these kind of things, but you 
you know, that's why we're talking about this. We're not talking yeah. about it just to make fun of it. We're talking about it so that you can understand what's in it. And then trying to give you the, a, a again, little orthodox, biblical, biblically sound, you know, uh, information to counteract this stuff so you can help people yeah. like help the friend that did that. Uh, when you said that, uh, I felt, I was going to say, I felt bad, uh, for the person in, the, in a different way because they actually had to read through all this stuff. <laughs> this thing is terrible. Like I feel bad that that person read through 400 pages of this gobbledygook. It's stupid. Uh, the end, you know, well, and like, like it's not always... worth reading. There's nothing good. Right, in it. There's not. And they call it new age, but it's nothing new. It's all old. It's yep. just re. It's repackaged, yeah. old age stuff. It's old. Her- it's all heresy. All heresy. They, hey, right. they, the the writers in the New Testament. This this should give you, um, anyone. Paul and all these, the other guys that were writing the epistles, the other guys that were out there challenging the the, the apostles when they were bringing the gospel there. This is the same stuff they dealt with. I guarantee you. That these guys, the, the apostles, the the first ones that were going out in the first yeah. century, when they're talking to all the Greeks and the Romans and all these people, all the pagans, I guarantee you they came across arguments of people saying stuff exactly like this. Yeah, consciousness this and consciousness yeah, raising yeah. vibrations and all this stuff. So it, the Bible really does. You don't need to read any additional stuff. Right. To get a bit to you, it, it'll help. Like reading apologetics books will help you you know, be able to line up verses and all that stuff. Yeah. But everything that you need to feel confident to debate someone or to talk to someone that may be really steeped in this stuff, um, first of all, when you're going to go talk to them, pray. Because it'll be so amazing that, you know, the Holy Spirit will just maybe speak through you, not in a channeled way, but, like, connect things and, you know, open your eyes. Click to, in your mind, you, yeah. You'll recall verses that and you yeah. know be able to say it in a cogent um way that is impactful for them so you're never alone yeah you know if you still read the bible like if you're reading the bible and you're like i don't know how to you know i have a friend that's really steeped in new age and they've been doing it for 10 years and every time i try to bring up god they just answer they ask all these questions that i just don't have an answer to or they bring up points to my the counterpoints to my points that I don't know what to say. I don't know how to refute that. Um, t- just stay focused. Read read the Bible and always just keep praying that Pray. more will get revealed to you. Yeah. It's not that there's more hidden stuff that'll be revealed to you that like isn't in the text. It's that understanding of the text. Yeah. will become revealed more yep. to you. There's yep. a, a slight nuance, but it's so big. Yeah. No, it's really good point. Really good point. Yeah. So. Yeah. And God's not the author of confusion. Amen. He brings peace and truth and grace. So, Rachel, you want to add anything? I I have nothing to add. That you, was all very well put. You want to smack your computer and make it go crazy again? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, that's a spicy gospel message. The gabagool. Speaking of that, I do love, you guys all saw the uh, the astronomer that like apologized for posting that picture of deep space that turned out to be like uh, chorizo. <laughs> Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> what? I saw that. They're like, uh, they posted some picture where it's like, this is like 
from the latest like from that telescope, yeah. the James Webb whatever yeah. telescope. It turned out to be like a piece of salami. <laughs> <laughs> Again, science is fake. It's not real. It, space is all Italian dried meats. <laughs> All the planets are. There's the Capricola. There's the Gabagoo. There's, the, there's the Chorizo. It's a meatball. Oh. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> hey, we'll catch you next time. Oh, and I, as we're closing, I just want to, all of our new listeners, thank you for joining us, sticking with us. Share us with your friends. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you are recently a friend with, of ours on Instagram, hit us up. Say hi. We love that. And, uh, we will typically try to answer any messages that we get. And give us, to anyone else, open open door. This was, again, this was a show idea yeah, from a listener. A listener. If you guys have ideas that you want us to hear, I, I'm, I'm not saying this uh, because we don't have any ideas for shows. We have a lot of ideas for shows. Yeah. But if you do have something you want to hear, like, let us know. Send us stuff. We don't know everything. Yeah. Like, open door. Just because this was fun and it was fun to research, and I, nothing, I learned a I lot. No idea about it. Yeah, yeah. So, so I feel better equipped now. Me too. Anyways, well, God bless everybody. We will catch you next time on All Out War. Bye. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWcast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.